Welcome everyone to the Anthony and Todd Show, a weekly podcast that critiques and memes music. I'm your host, Vincent, aka The Melon Refused to Review This Album, and I Should Have To. Should have to, like as well. I don't understand this, aka you were in for me. And I'm joined by my ever-attentive co-host, my best friend. Used a melon in his Why You No Review to talk about why he didn't want to review this album. Uh, my ever-attentive co-host, my best friend, my pal, my amigo, my druke, Jonathan. AKA listening to Logic puts me at my crisis point. And this is episode 116 of the Anthony and Todd Show, an episode we would like to call... Vincent refused to do any work for this episode. I'm really calling it in. I'm phoning it in for this episode, because I yeah. do not care whatsoever about any of these albums... Uh, really deeply, at least, because at least there's one of these I kind of care about, but like not, not really. Um, this was this was a very sad week for. This me. is what it, we needed, kind of in a way, because uh, last week was so good. Last week was really good. Uh, we did. I did three episodes last week, and for a majority of it, I had really positive things to say about a lot of the albums. And then this was me picking a bunch of albums based on. Various reasons, and I'll go over each reason why. Do you know why I let you do that this week? So you didn't have to do work? No, kind of in a way, yes. Also, there was nothing this week. Yeah. Uh, two, I like every four to five months to let you pick like a week of all music, so then I can just do whatever I want for the next like four to five months. Is that, is that how this works? <laughs> yeah, because the last time it was Drala, uh, some punk album I can't remember, and Bad Religion. <laughs> Bad Religion was like at least relevant because it was new at that time, and they're like a well-known punk band. But I let you pick whatever you want, and yeah. the rest of it was like Vincent's top dog. He yeah. has top choice. Well, and then, then you had top choice this week, and then I get another four. To five you need months. to let me do this though, because like I bring like semi-relevant albums, and then like sometimes you don't, and then they're like months old, and I still want to review them, but now it's just too fucking late. Yeah, these are relevant. They're also yeah. bad. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, if there's anything good, usually tell me about it. And if you say yeah. it's really good, we end up reviewing it. Yeah, and then sometimes it's John times two and you end up paying it because you're a piece of shit. Yeah, I am a piece of shit. I'm not going to hide the fact. Today we're going over the latest albums, or recent albums. It's The the, the oldest one is from September. So, so latest albums from Subhumans with Crisis Point, Heavy Lungs, their latest EP with Measure, and Refused with their latest album, War Music. It's all Gregorian chants, getting you to prepare for battle. Getting you prepared for battle. Oh, um, Halo music. They just, they just took the Halo 2 soundtrack and put a new album cover on it. Um, had some guy scream over it. I think that's a Halo a 3 song, isn't it? I don't think that's Halo 2. Maybe it's just all the Halos. It's all of ha- pretty much every like major tri- part of the main trilogy had like something like that playing over it. Um, before we start, if you want to follow the Anthony and Todd show on Twitter, you can find Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram on various social media. You can find us at Anthony and Todd. If you want to find us on YouTube, use the cop youtube.com forward slash the Anthony and Todd show. And if you want to find us on Patreon and support us monetarily, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the Anthony and Todd show. Okay. Well, you are subhuman, so I think you have a lot to say about this latest subhumans album. I'm gay? That's homophobic. No, I said that in a way that you only have one working lung. Oh. <laughs> Hit you right where That makes more sense for the next band, Heavy Lung. No, it's not heavy. It's very light. One of them's very light. It's the non-working Well, it's one. heavy now because of all the scar tissue. <laughs> <laughs> Time to go over the latest subhumans album, Crisis Point. 
All right, so I'm gonna let you do the intros. This is me. This is your week to shine. This is my week, unfortunately. Vincent phones it in. Yes. Hello, Anthony and Todd show. I can't come to work today. I'm sick. Sick of Jonathan's bullshit. That's that's fair, actually. Uh, So, like I said, I'll go over why I picked each one. Uh, Subhumans. Uh, Subhumans is a UK anarcho punk slash hardcore punk band from originally 1980 to 1985. That was their heyday. This is a band that I love that era of um if you've i've probably told you dead kennedys is my favorite punk band of all time i love about dead kennedys the way they mix like pretty straightforward hardcore punk with a ton of humor great lyrics a lot of sarcasm in their lyrics but like just punchy to the point lyrics that have like a lot of satire and like hidden meanings and like layers to the lyrics while also mixing their hardcore punk with like elements of funk and all these other like forms of like music to create just a truly unique great sound experience to the point where like they're not only like a great punk band they're just a great band period like the likes of like pink floyd beatles dead kennedys like they're just a great band the subhumans were kind of like the uk version of the dead kennedys and that they did pretty straightforward hardcore punk there's a lot of funk influence they use a lot of like heavy bass lines the same way that the dead kennedys did they had a lot of wit and humor in their work Mm. a lot of similar anarchist themes just like the dead kennedys did but because during that time in the hardcore punk america did it better the dead subhumans were not as good as dead kennedys but their first three albums i hold in a very similar like high regard as i hold the entirety of the Dead Kennedys work, early crass albums, like just as the pinnacle of like punk music. That was back then. Yeah, okay. But uh so that's why I picked this because, you know, they're an important band for me. Okay, I'm reading the show notes you wrote and can you tell me the front man's name? The front the, the front man of the subhumans is Dick Lucas. Oh, that's the best the, that's a Stephen King name. <laughs> that's a Stephen King name. Oh uh, speaking of Stephen King you found a way. I found a way. A I was looking for a transition for your audio listeners. I put up the uh, photo of uh, Tim Curry's It Smoking. Uh, I needed to find Jonathan Bet. I couldn't do it, and he lost the bet. I, I was I, thinking more for Is It the Film? I wasn't thinking for this. I'll work it into anything. Okay, fair enough. You have to work it into every album and Is It a Film. Oh my gosh, I'll try. Try my hardest. <laughs> but anyway, so um, after Subhumans uh, broke up in 1985, or yeah. Uh, Dick Lucas uh, went on to form the anarchist ska punk bands Culture Shock and Citizen Fish. That's not a real thing. Which one? <laughs> anarchist ska punk. <laughs> it's ska punk with anarchist themes. That just sounds weird to me. I mean, like... <laughs> I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but it just sounds really weird. And, like, I guess they hold a good place because Citizen... I haven't really listened to Culture Shock, but Citizen Fish, at least, to, like, holds a place as being, like, one of the few ska punk bands I, like, actually really like. Along with like, since some fish is just a regular sized fish, and then you have real big fish, who's the actual real big fish. So there's like the good Scott Park <laughs> bands versus and fish, just and, like uh, Operation Ivy. Just and, the like, idea of anarchist ska punk is like just imagining me people. Uh, I'm just thinking of like people skanking against capitalism. Fuck Jeff Bezos. Da, 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 da. <sighs> Um, but then the band would, uh, reform in 1998 and just become basically a touring band. They would eventually release another album in 2007 with, um, Internal Riot. They're still probably best known for their first album, though, uh, The Day the Country Died, um, which is just great album, great tracks. My favorite being Mickey Mouse is Dead. 
Uh, which actually isn't like what you'd expect when you think, oh, a punk band made a song called Mickey Mouse is Dead. This is clearly just a ginormous shitting on Disney. Actually, no. It's like shitting on culture because like the whole point is like Mickey Mouse is dead because we made the world so like dark and serious that children can't have happiness anymore. So Mickey Mouse is dead. We stomped him in the head, <laughs> put a bullet in his brain, shit like that. So like actually like not that negative on Disney, shockingly. Yeah. Um, their next two albums after their original uh, From the Cradle to the Grave and Worlds Apart, they started like becoming a little more progressive after sound, not just like short, fast, punchy, hardcore, but like started like developing it. The same way Dead Candies did, started adding more elements, creating a more unique, diverse sound, and then they they broke up. Yeah, which is what happens to most punk bands. <laughs> um, Crisis Point, their newest one, it's their fifth studio album, um, their second one since they've reformed, and um, it's sad. It's it's I never actually listened to um, their fourth one, Internal Riot. Because A, I wasn't aware it existed because I just assumed they stopped recording after 1985, and in a way, I wish they had. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah, this is just this is basically what I would expect would happen. Unfortunately, if the Dead Kennedys were to reform with like Jello, because he's no longer a part of the touring version of Dead Kennedys because he had a huge falling out with them. But like, I feel like if they were to try to record a new album, it would just be very tired sounding. Still lyrically, like, solid, but musically just retreading very old territory with no new major developments, such, which was sad since that's yeah. what they were You say lyrically for. solid, I think this thing is lyrically passable. I don't think it's bad. No, I just saying, think it just saying, does enough to where I'm it's unoffensive. Dead Candies would be lyrically oh. solid. Jello is, like, still a great lyricist. Like, he still, like, writes things for, like, other artists. And, like, he does, like, um, kind of, like, features. And he's still a great lyricist. They, again, Subhuman's never as great as like the Kenny's were lyrically, but it's like it's the lyrics are still the best part of this. Yeah, I think it's more the personality. Well, the personality it comes through. Food yeah, and same way it does with Dead it's Kennedys. Anarcho punk, but it's goofy. It almost yeah. has this weird like pop punk vibe to it in a yeah. sense, or like pop punk sensibility to yeah. it, um, where it's not like as clean or as catchy as that by any means. Yeah. Um, but or even that uh, as. Um, trying to be forceful down your throat of how yeah just like popular yeah it, um, it's, it hasn't gone full conflict and full uh crass of its lyrics where it's just like this is basically our like communist and anarchist manifesto but we uh we made it rhyme a little bit yeah that's they haven't got that far there's still wit and there's still humor and there's still character in the lyrics which is what dick lucas does so well and like unfortunately like his voice doesn't carry the character it used to when he was younger yeah, it, at all. It just uh, it it comes off as weird, but not weird enough. Yeah, he's not he like on the opening track, "Terrorist and Waiting." He sounds like way behind in the beat. Like he can't yeah. keep up with how fast his production is. He sounds like he's suffering on the track. Yeah, um, it's not terrible, but he just sounds very like again tired he can't keep up with a lot of this production um, which kind of creates this like novelty like sound in a way because yeah. it's just like. It has this weird, like, tired dimension to it, which is interesting, yeah. but it isn't It isn't good. No. Um, I, I think for a lot of this, there's uh, interesting ideas. Like, none mm. of this is, like, offensive or by any means, but no. I think it's just so middle of the road for a lot of this. That it's not experimental enough. It's not risque enough. And it's not really catchy either. Yeah. Um, it's 
trying its hardest. I can I can tell that effort put into this, but yeah. it went into this, but it, it just didn't came out came out as kind of just passable. Yeah. And it's not long. It's only twenty six minutes. I think yeah. it's very easy. This how this is how the length of a punk album should be. Yeah. Um. It isn't. Or the length of a fucking Heavy Luds EP. <laughs> it's, it's at least six minutes longer than the Heavy Luds EP, and it has twice as many tracks. Yeah. I. I, I doesn't feel bloated it doesn't it just feels tired yeah that's the biggest thing and it it's, it's ti- missing that yeah. uh, some risque quality or some it, deeper soundscapes because it seems a lot of this seems a little bit flat yeah um They're, the bass lines are not as like deep and like heavy as and like as just palpable like they're yeah. all bass lines you you fucking felt them <laughs> like they were just so like rich with yeah. how they played their bass and they're none they don't have there is not a single bass line that hooked me the way that they used to in this album and i think that's just everything here just seems like the the weakest parts of all their old stuff but like it's none of the like strongest parts to carry yeah. it through yeah um it's just missing a lot of texture for me personally yeah. it's it's just middle of the road i don't think yeah. it's really uh, it's, it's not bad it's not bad it's it's not good it's either. not it's not fucking bad religions comeback yeah it's, i think i like this better than yeah. the religions last album but it's, i don't think it's yeah. that good either there's some good things like the punk machine idea like i really like that track punk, that's my favorite track on here these like the dead candy subhumans crass all those bands always were very critical of punk culture and like it's how it was basically becoming its own like commercial enterprise completely like torn away from its roots and the diy and what it's supposed to be about and i don't think any punk band has really like hit the nail on the head with that topic as well as subhumans did on that track like in a long time yeah uh terrorists and waiting on like the idea of how we're talk- talking about how like anyone being a terrorist at yeah. almost any moment it's, and it's how, a like, sense of paranoia but it's also a sense about how like and there's even like idea of like how like everything's being redefined to the point where what being a terrorist is borderline meaningless because, yeah like everybody like any one group is just now a terrorist like yeah. beat how like we're trying to identify like Antifa is terrorists, how Black Lives Matter was being identified as terrorists. Yeah. Like anybody can be just called Jugglers. a terrorist. <laughs> Juggalos were a terrorist. Like literally, if you just call anybody a terrorist, like the term is borderline meaningless. Yeah. Uh, Adam Screen, uh, Autumn, uh, Autumn, Adam. Scre- Adam, I don't know why I couldn't say that for some reason. I'm big dumb right now. I'm throwing you're, it in. You're big dumb all the time. Uh, Adam Screen War, I found to be like almost like a Doctor Strange love like moment. It's yeah. not as weird as that, but it has a sense of novelty when talking about uh, mm-hmm. nuclear weapons. Yeah. Which is interesting. But uh, like, that's all I really got to say about this. 99%'s got a good, like, just working class rising up anthem. Like I, like I said, like the lyrics are the most solid part of this. They're pretty passable to good. Um, and then everything else is just, unfortunately, just sounds kind of tired. And it's nowhere near as hard-hitting, as punchy, or as catchy, or as unique and like, ground-setting and re- ground-breaking and trend-setting as it used to be. And it's just kind of... It's sad. And like it, I, it's exactly what I expected it to be. I didn't expect subhumans to come back with anything near as like amazing or as relevant or like earth shattering as their old stuff but like it's still sad yeah yeah at least it's better than age of unreason yeah uh uh keep in mind all scores if you tell me it's right now i'm feeling uh i'm just i'm uh like middle of the road you get a four lyrically a seven for lyrics so your average are like five and a half okay uh wow you look like you're out of breath from that review. It's all my heavy lungs. You must have some heavy lungs. <laughs> Time to go over the latest heavy lungs EP, the Measure EP. 
It's not called the measure. It's just measure. But it, it, like, if you try to identify it out of the crowd, it would be the measure EP. <laughs> it's the new Heavy Ones EP measure. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> oh, so heavy. You, uh, you have to do intros, yeah. yeah. Uh, so heavy Ones, uh, they're a punk band from Bristol. They're fronted by Danny Nadelko. They're currently signed to Joe Talbot's label, uh, Bailey Records. We did a much more in-depth intro for this band when we covered their first EP all the way back in like what was it February? E- maybe March. March, yeah. It was one of our like earliest reviews. Yeah. Um, we covered it pretty heavily back then, talking about it. How like Danny Nadelko is like Joe Talbot's best friend. He was featured in the Idols track. Danny Nadelko. Uh, he's from the Ukraine. Um, this is their third EP. Let's just get into it. Uh, you don't want to give them more of an introduction? We give them a big-ass intro. The first... Okay, fine. Um, Heavy I... Ones is their... Like I said, they're from Bristol. Um, Bristol is currently one of the, like, hubs of, like, the kind of burgeoning boss, I mean, like, new music scene in the UK. Um, there's some good punk bands coming out of there. There's some good indie bands. Some just good... Just music coming out of Bristol right now. Give me now. names. Idols. Okay. Is that it? Yeah, that's all I'm going to fucking say. That's what I deserve. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to know more, just fucking Google Bristol music. You'll probably get a shit. I think, like... I think Yakov may have started. Yeah. I think Drala came from there, so, like, that's one, like, little notch against it. But, like... (laughs) (laughs) Um... They're, like I said, fronted by Dan Adelko, who's best friends with Idol's frontman Joe Talbot. Um, hence the reason they were able to sign the Bailey Records pretty easily, and they're one of like three bands signed to that record right now. Along with Crows, Crows, which is just okay, and Lice. Okay, I like Lice. I like Lice. The Crow album wasn't good, but their earlier work before the album was pretty good. Um, they're a great mix of like the modern like British punk theme, but with a lot of like throwback hardcore elements. Not like. Going back to like '80s hardcore, where it's about like just screaming your lungs off over like a wailing guitar, but like over back to like some minor fret hardcore, some like Black Flag, just like the 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 roots of hardcore. Okay. Uh, so going over this this Measure EP, um, how, how how long is the measuring? Uh, it's, it's twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. <laughs> twenty minutes. Tw- it takes them twenty minutes to measure. Gotcha. <laughs> They got a ruler out and they, they just sat above it trying to figure out how it works. Yeah. For about twenty minutes and they realized, oh, you just identify it by the number. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how long it is. Um But they only to- found it was half full. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um I the opening track's half full if you don't get that pun. Um <laughs> So going over this, I, I think Dane and Delco is the thing that stands out the most. As as always. Because he's he's more like just you know, uh, there's a track towards the end of their last EP where he seemed pretty yelpy. Yeah. Um, and it's also part of his accent, too. Yeah. It, it makes the yelpiness stand out. He's way, really yelpy on this. Yeah. Which I like, but the production's more clean. It's too clean this time. The drums are very big this time around. Yeah. They're, they're really huge, especially T.O.T.P. Uh, stands out where they just really are massive. Yeah. Um, a bit of a birthday has these really nice snares though that I yeah. got. It's almost eight oh eight like in a yeah, sense. It's like, it's because it's clean. It's really flat and clean. Yeah, yeah that's why it gives like an eight oh eight impression, but it's not. Um, yeah. It works out really really well, and also how the guitars tune in and the buildup of a bit of a birthday sounds really really nice. Yeah, but I think overall it just this doesn't is- seem as energetic. Um, yeah. it also seems a bit longer than their last one. 
Lesnar presence, and also I feel like they seem like they have a larger budget on this one, but it seems less oppressive. And I feel like if yeah. they had more material, maybe it would have been. This is like if it were in a studio album yeah. range, it would have been more impressive. Yeah, they. It's clear that they have like more tools at their disposal to make this because it sounds so much cleaner. But like, unfortunately, by doing that, they've kind of lost the energy outside of like Daniel Delco is always is will has always been and will always be like the defining like trait of this band. Yeah. His voice is just so unique. The way he presents himself is so energetic and just full of energy. He will always be the defining trait of this band so long as he's a part of this band. And like everything else has always been like it's it's passable, it's good, it's nice throwbacks to like hardcore and other forms of punk. But it's never had done anything that's like stood out beyond like how well it can work with Danny. Yeah. And unfortunately on this album or EP compared to our last EP where this is so clean, a lot of like the grime and the the energy because like Danny Adelco does not have a clean voice. Yeah. It's a very yelpy kind of gross but like in a endearing, charming way. Punk David Byrne. Yeah. Voice. (laughs) And so having a grimier, less clean production behind him makes sense it adds to the charm it adds to the impression and the sound of the music when you clean that production up it it doesn't fit anymore as well as it used to like it's still like technically well written and like well played punk hardcore throwback music but it's too clean to be with danny Danny yeah. needs a grime to sing over because yeah. it just it fits so perfectly with him. Yeah. And so like even though his energy is like the same, the energy of this EP is just lowered because the energy like of his backing production doesn't fit anymore. Yeah. Um I think the best two tracks are last two tracks, yeah. a bit of a birthday, which is just him kind of taking the piss out of his birthday, yeah. saying he doesn't want to be your boy, birthday boy. I don't want to be your birthday boy. I just want to wear my birthday suit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Pacemaker talking about how you should just accept the fact that we're all aging. Yeah. And there's nothing you can really do about it. Yeah. But like, there's nothing super. There's nothing bad. Fundam- here. Nothing it's fundamentally just, bad. It's just. I think sometimes to... it's very hard to tell what he's saying because he's very he's very yelpy, he's very yelpy. Uh, but I I don't think there's there's anything super bad on here. I just it's think just, that the it's biggest too pro- clean. It's too clean, and that they've shown me more impressive work than this. Yeah, their pre- previous two EPs before this one were better. They had a lot more energy, a lot more character, and they were just a lot more fun to listen to. I've gone back and listened to those EPs countless times because I just I love them so much. This one, even having to review it, I've only gone back and listened to like a small amount of times. Yeah. Which when I did the e- like the review for their last EP, I listened to that like at least a dozen times before that review. Yeah. Um, keep in mind, of course, if you tell me this right now, I'm feeling uh, not as impressive as their last EP out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't give the last one an actual number, so like giving this one a number feels unfair. <laughs> so <laughs> we refuse to give it a number, and I'm also refusing to do this review at all. Just yeah. at all. I'm just like, gonna sit quiet. You're supposed to sit completely quiet. Time to go over the latest refuse album. War music. War. <laughs> what what is, is it good for this album? Absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> you. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Refused. This is another album that makes me sad. 
And here's, this one has a little bit more interesting of like why we're reviewing it. So last week when Vincent said we had to review something bad, I immediately threw the, out... If you were paying attention... Some episode. 41. Yeah. But I decided, but he, Vincent decided not to do that one. So this is my backup. <laughs> Honestly, and, I'm kind of glad I'm doing this instead of some 41. Yeah. Fuck some 41. That was terrible. <laughs> at least, the, at least the, like I didn't know what to expect. And I knew it wasn't going to be good. Yeah. But. <laughs> so I threw this one out there. And... This one made me not sad when I listened to it, but it made me sad when I actually remembered what this band made before and used to be. Because I had kind of low-key forgotten about Refused for a little while. Um, anyway, I'll get into like why this makes me sad later, and I'll complete this little story. Okay. So uh, Refused is a Swedish hardcore punk slash post-hardcore band. Um, they have very, very leftist political themes. They have a great, like, anthem about, like, coming out of the closet and being true to yourself, like, if you're, like, gay or trans or any, like, just any part of the LGBTIAQ plus community. I feel like I got, like, the last three numbers in the correct order. There's, there's, like, a nine in there somewhere, I think. Yeah, but, like, I I got them all. I got all the letters, so, like, it's fine. But, like, I just think I put them in the wrong order. Um, They formed in 1991 by Dennis. I could never... Ligzid. It's, per, it's spelled L-Y-X-Z-E with a little hyphen in. Uh, he's their vocals. Um, this band formed, um, by the way, by like a bunch of members from like various other bands within the Swedish like underground like music scene. But all were from like different parts of the scene. So like they would like sometimes be at the same venues and play with each other. But apparently like back then like their like underground scene was like very like separated like you couldn't like cross mingle like you could be in the same area but you weren't supposed to like work directly with each other or like be like directly associated like you could be around each other and you'd be friendly but you weren't allowed to like be with each other but um this band was kind of formed like a bunch of bands like members of like the version like this is fucking stupid like let's just work together and form like our own band and so uh dennis lixen i'm just gonna call him dennis um who was the vocalist for a punk straight edge band. Um, and then David Sandstrom, um, the rude sandstorm. Damn it, you took my joke. <laughs> who was the drummer for a death metal band. They're the two main uh, members of um, Refused to a band together. Mm. They did a handful of EPs, um, made their debut album, like studio full-length album, with uh, J- This Just Might Be The Truth, which was released in 1994. They followed it up with an album of little to no concern. Um, cause it's just, it was just, this might be the truth again, Yeah, which was a very passable, very solid, like band, like album for like the turning point from like original hardcore to like post hardcore where the vocals are getting like borderline on the like screamo territory. The, um, instrumentation is becoming more metal, like influenced and punk influenced. It just, it was like a very solid release and like they're a good representation of like that turning point. It's not my favorite era of hardcore by any stretch of the imagination, but for that era, they were one of the better examples of it. Then they released 1998's The Shape of Punk to Come, which was very different from those two. Um, it incorporated elements of electronica and jazz and ambient and like world music. It just like took a bunch of like other things and like mixed it in there, and it fucking bombed. <laughs> It was a critical and commercial failure upon release, like, across the board. Like, people didn't know what to make of it. A lot of, like, 
people who reviewed it back then refused to even give it a number because it was like so weird and different from everything they made before. They didn't know really how to take it. And so coupling that with the fact that their next like tour that they did after that was terrible. They had like terrible shows across the board. They were constantly fighting. Their final show was shut down after four songs by police because they had just started fighting with themselves and the audience so much that like they just had to shut it down. And then like obviously with all of this creative differences, the fact that they felt like they were running out of energy and just how much they just didn't like being around each other, it seemed like they broke up. Um then they announced it by like tie, like putting on like their label like a open letter that was titled "Refused Are Fucking Dead." However, after they had broken up and people started like the legend of like their final like concert was like gaining like notoriety from the punk communities outside of their like small group, people started like reevaluating the band as a whole and in particular their last album, and kind of coming to this like realization like this is actually like a really fucking good album and it is it's their last album is a fucking amazing like post-hardcore album it's got a lot of like experimentation great like post-hardcore like vocals and like instrumentation it's just it's a fucking good album that like works like shockingly well for how much different shit is pulling into it like working together it's a great album i love that album which is why this album is really sad because like like i said i kind of forgot about them because like it's a great album but it's an album i just kind of forget about a bunch because it's when i'm listening to a punk album, I usually just go for, like, a pure punk album. Unless I listen to an experimental album, I go for a pure experimental album. I don't really listen to, like, this, like, fusion of the two that often. So I just kind of just, it stays off my radar, like, when I'm re-listening to things quite a bit. Until I, like, was actually, like, going through this new, and I was like, oh, yeah, I really like that album, and I really loved this album. And, like, these were great albums for, like, when they came out and what they were. These are fucking fantastic. And then I would keep remembering just how mediocre this album is. Because I didn't even it's, listen. Uh, it's let me rephrase. It. It's not mediocre. This this new album. It's more music. It's, it's not. Bad. It's not mediocre. It's, it's, it's a bad. Terrible. Album. It's a bad. Album. It's, it's like let's just get the straight. It's, it's a bad. Album. It's bad album. It's it sounds like reject songs from like early WWE 2K games. I don't. I don't mixed get, with fucking like hair metal. I don't get that because there's some fucking bangers in some of these WWE games. I, I said reject really- songs. <laughs> I mean, these are the ones that couldn't make the pass. Like even comparing like the lowest of the low of the songs on this thing. These were the rejects. And there's like weird things that they're doing that sound like hair metal. Like they're constantly going like, come on! And like, yeah! Just like, wow, I didn't realize fucking Guns N' Roses made a, a, a tribute and showed up on your fucking album. Like, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, this is, uh... It's bad. The um, Dennis is just, uh... Dennis needs to go he's, back to he's, screaming. He's, he's he's not good. He's not good at screaming. He's not good at. Uh, he used to be good at screaming. I, I don't know him. This is my first introduction to him, and he seems he seems just bad. He seems to, like he seems like he can't maintain a pitch. He's forcing everything, uh, and I feel really worried for him because if you do that, you you ruin your voice, yeah. and uh, it seems like he's ruining his voice. I think he is because like it's it's his, not his screams don't sound close to what they used to sound like. And the way his, like, clean vocals sound are very different from how his clean vocals used to sound. Yeah. Like, there's, like... I can't tell if it's because he's trying things that he shouldn't be trying, or if it's, like, his voice, like, has genuinely been, like, changed by, like, damage or whatever. But his his vocals sound really bad, and, like, that's within the genre of post-hardcore, which has some of, like, the worst vocals. Yeah. Uh, of, like, any punk genre. This thing's overtly edgy. Yeah. Um... 
that the guitars on this are sometimes really interesting sounding yeah. uh but they try to do a bunch of effects and distortion on them and i think it's uh, i want to watch the world burn i think it's that track i may be wrong on this where they put like a, a phaser on it and it's really yeah. fucking annoying there's this for how like influential like the shape of punk to come would be because you can see its influence like on pretty much everything that came after in the post-hardcore scene this is like so dated and not forward thinking this yeah. is very backwards thinking this sounds this this really sounds old. like just like the Slipknot album we listened to earlier yeah. this year, the uh, what was the other one? Uh, the Corn album we listened yeah. to earlier this year. There's nothing like nothing different. Yeah, from like this. it's not even like at least like with Corn and Slipknot, they sounded like the old work of that band itself. This doesn't even sound like the old work of this band. This sounds like a band who like is trying to imitate all the people who came after it. Yeah, but like not for now. For like just like five years afterwards, yeah. despite the fact that that album that was influential came out like. Two decades ago. Yeah. Uh, there's weirdly a, not a large amount of new metal influence on this. Yeah. Um, which, uh, new metal, when it has character, can sometimes be it's, ironic. It's at least fun. Yeah, it could be Usually. fun. <laughs> but, like, this is, there's nothing in this album that's fun or interesting. Yeah. And, like, and sometimes it just straight up pisses me off. Like, when they did Damage Free, which is, like, a very clear reference to Black Flag, who did two, like... So, in their first, like, their debut, like, full album was called Damage, and had two tracks, Damage 1 and Damage 2. They never had a Damage Free. They have no other damaged songs. So like, there is nothing that this can be other than, like, a, it's like we're continuing the Damage <laughs> saga. Which, okay, fuck you, for multiple reasons. One... Damaged, like, the two Damage songs are very clearly, like, based on Henley Rowland's, like, personal life. You know, like, the shit that happened in his past that made him fucked up. Like, to act like we can continue his story is, A, really fucking, like, obnoxious. Because, like, Henry Rollins is Henry Rollins. Like, don't tell his story. Nothing in that track sounds like anything Black Flag has ever made. Um, those two Black Flags on are fucking fantastic. None of the themes are, like, continued on. None of the, like, storytelling techniques from the two, like, tracks are carried on. There's literally nothing from that song that makes it sound like it's a continuation of Black Flag. Yeah. In any way, shape, or form what they stand for and sound like and just do beyond the title. Yeah. Um, Revolution 1, it, it really wants to be Bring Me the Horizon. Yeah. Um, it's, it's and that's, just... that's what I was saying. It was like those, that era of post-hardcore, like the Bring Me the Horizon, like that type of stuff. It so badly wants to be that shit. Yeah. But it can't. Yeah. Like, at all. Like, I don't even like that stuff that much. It can like, be catchy it's, sometimes. It's catchy. It can but... be fun. It's never something I really want to listen to. Yeah. Max loves that stuff. And even she was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> revolution One talking about, I, we need one more revolution or something. Revolution it's, One. Yeah, it's it's bad. <clears throat> I want to watch The World Born. It's one of the most edgy songs I've heard in a while. Yeah. Uh, it's... It, it, it makes XSS Tatashian look like a look like a saint. <laughs> it's like, and they're not even referencing the relevant Joker anymore. This is Heath Ledger Joker. We've moved on. We're at Joaquin Phoenix We're at Joker society. now. <laughs> it's like that. The, the amount of angst is so. Like even with some of the, the angstiest emo rappers today, like Juice yeah. World and Trippy Red, they look comparable. Like they look like sane compared to these. Yeah. It's just season lines. <laughs> yeah. Like, they had some 
lyrically speaking, like, they had some really, like, thoughtful, like, well-thought-out leftist, like, themes, leftist politics that they, like, explored very effectively in their old work. And, like, yeah, it has, like, the punk, like, edginess factor in the same way, like, subhumans. It's edgy, but it's not political. Yeah. It's, and or it's not, like, even reflective. It's just edgy. This is just edgy. This is 93 like, I was saying their old stuff, like, was, like... No, I was, like, I was oh. just reflecting on this. No, I was talking about their old stuff, like, how, like, this is just, like, a step down. Because like, their old stuff, like, it had, like, the punk edge. Because it's punk. Of course it fucking has edge. Yeah. If it didn't have edge, it wouldn't be really be punk anymore. Yeah, and if it had CM, yeah. it'd be perfect. It'd be <laughs> <laughs> but I mean he was a straight edge punk band beforehand but like it had like edge but like it had like thought and character and like a clear like sense of like a point beyond just like revolution and I'm so edgy <laughs> I I wrote the anarchy symbol on my backpack in a red pen when I was in middle school which is what this shit sounds like it used to sound like yeah I've actually like thought about politics and like I have an idea and like I have a belief that I believe in and something that we should be striving towards this just sounds like I'm one I, anarchy pisses off my parents so I'm going <laughs> to be an anarchist and that's coming from an anarchist <laughs> it's like it's just it's just bad yeah um keep in mind all scores if you tell me it's right now I'm filling up is it even worth rating out of 10? Because <laughs> I don't think it is. Not real. We've rated one album this week. Like an actual number this week. <laughs> I gave it middle of the road. I didn't give anything this week. Oh, shit. Because I was, I was I actually, it in. I actually gave one. I don't, I don't think scores really matter this week to no, me. Scores, scores don't matter. They this don't. week makes me really sad because, like, I love subhumans and I didn't expect it to be good. And, like, and it was... Okay, it was actually probably better than I thought it was going to be, to be honest. I expected so much out of Heavy Lungs, and then I knew Refuse was going to be bad, but then I remembered how good they used to be, and it just made me sad. <laughs> and if you also want to be sad, but on social media, you can follow us at Anthony and Todd on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you want to find us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash the Anthony and Todd show. If you want to listen to this show in audio form, you can find us on podcast services such as... But then you'll miss all the Pennywise pictures. <laughs> no, we got the, I think it's kind of... Oh, I forgot to put those in the other reviews. Yeah, you already uh, failed because you weren't able to do it for the other two uh, albums. Well, you can make up for it by doing it at least three times during the White House no, reviews. No, I think I'm good. <laughs> Um, maybe one was enough for one week. Oh, uh, uh, pitch plug in the, the is it a film? Oh, is it you it find twice. is it a film? Our podcast also on uh, podcast services such as Google Play, uh, Google Play Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. Uh, uh, just search the Anthony and Tacho, get the best of both worlds film and music reviews. You can also but, find is it a film on youtube.com forward slash is it a film, and you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Anthony and Todd show so I can buy a banana boat which Trevor and me discussed is the actual long jet ski is it a banana boat <laughs> yeah he proved me wrong so we're gonna get a banana boat now. yeah and put a motor on the back <laughs> <laughs> and until next time guys I am Vincent and I'm sad and uh here's a musical outro I forgot to do it but I'm gonna I'm gonna do it now so it's almost seamless seamless Seamless. Seamless outro.